Hi, this is Benjamin Pfeiffer, and welcome to Daf HaShavua, Chagiga Daf Chafhei 25. The Gemara on Chafhei Amad Aleph is commenting on the Mishnah about why only when it comes to truma that comes to from Yehuda do we trust that it's Tahar, but if truma were to come from Galil, we would not trust the fact that it is Tahar. The Gemara explains that there is a Ritsua Shalkutim. There's a strip of land that is owned by Kutim, that Kutim live. And since Kutim live there, we assume that that land, which is in between Galil and Yerushalayim, that is going to be Tame because of the concept of Tumas Eretz Adam. Why is it that we say Kutim are considered to be like, um, like Goyim and the fact that there's Tuma? Because Kutim is a machlugus, whether Kutim are Giri Arayos or Giri Emes, and we end up being Machmir, that we, cons- that we consider them like the land of Goyim, and since they're considered like Goyim, they have Tumas Eretz Amin, which is based on the fact that we don't know where Goyim uh, bury their dead bodies. They could really be anywhere, and since that's true, we don't know if a Tumah really became Tameh, if it passed over a dead body, so we treat the Tumah as being Tameh if it comes from Galil, since it has to pass through this land. The Gemara says, why don't you just put it in a box and have it carried um, through this land, through this Ritzua Shalkutim? The Gemara says, no, we hold like Rabbi. Rabbi holds, Ohel Zarak Lav Shmei Ohel. That we say, that since in Ohel Zarak, a, a floating Ohel, so to speak, um, which is being carried by someone, which is not touching the ground, that is not considered an OL. And since that is not considered an OL, between that box and the land, and we are gozer on the other, on the, on the, on the air of Tumas Amim, so that would be considered as if it's in the air, and it's not like there's an OL, there's a tent, there is something being mafsik and separating between the land and the box, that is to be considered including, included in the section that is Tameh. So that's what the Gemara says, Ohel Zaruk Lav Shmei Ohel. So I think two sigas really come out from this Gemara. Number one, I want to speak about, again, nowadays we don't have necessarily people eating truma betara, but number one, if it's true that there's a concept of Tumas Eretz Amim, that anywhere out of Eretz Israel, we don't know where there could be a dead body, and we have to treat the whole entire land as Tame. So, number one, why is a coin even allowed to go out of Eretz Israel nowadays if there's a concept of Tumas Eretz Amim? Um, we see that from this Gemara. And number two, I want to talk about um, a different sugya which comes up in, tol- in terms of Ahazarek, in terms of flying on airplanes, um, which could be carrying a dead body on the bottom. So, first we're going to talk about the sugya. Why is a coin even allowed to go out of Eretz Israel? If a coin has to make sure nowadays to not... Um, to avoid Tumas Mes. So the Shulchan brings down this din in Yordea Shin Samach Tes Aleph. He explicitly brings down this din. He says as follows, V'chol Eretz Amim Asr L'Kohen L'Tamim seems very clear from the Shulchan that a Kohen is not allowed to become Tameh from the Eretz Amim. He's only allowed to be in Eretz Israel according to the Shulchan So why nowadays are Kohanim not Machmir on this din? So Rabbi Kiv Eger, who has Hagawas on the Shulchan Arach, um, points out two reasons why nowadays we would not apply this din of the Shulchan Arach. He says, number one, we're a mekel because there's a concept that one is allowed to leave Eretz Shal for the sake of Parnassah. So so to over here, you, they, since it's very difficult, at least in times of Rabbi Kiv Eger, uh, it may have been um, more of a concept, but 
since it is difficult to make a pronouncement in Eretz Yisrael, so we allow we would allow Kohanim to go out of Eretz Yisrael to Eretz Amim and sacrifice this din for the sake of a parnasa. That is option number one. Um, uh, option number two, he says, is nowadays we're all Tumay Mace. So since we're all Tumay Mace nowadays, um, I think at least on a Darabonan level, so since we're all Tumay Mace nowadays, so we are not going to be Machmir on the Zin of the Shulchan Arach. So those are two reasons given by Rikhi Vegar about why we would not be Machmir nowadays. The Arach Shulchan, in, again, in Simen Shin, Shin Samach Fest Sif Yura, Sikhatan Yura Alf, brings down that nowadays he thinks there would not be a problem because that was only a problem back then in times of the Gemara, or at least in times of uh, in the times of the Gemara, or possibly in the times of the Shachar Arach. When um, well, probably not in times of the Shachar Arach, more in the times of the Gemara. Again, it's interesting to analyze so why the Shachar Arach bring it down. Because back then, Eretz Yisrael had to be kept b'tahara, but nowadays, when we don't keep everything in Eretz Yisrael to be tahar, because we don't have things like Shumas and Meisters. Um, so this din would not apply. It's interesting to note why the Shulchan according to the Aruch HaShulchan, so why would the Shulchan bring it down? What changed in between the times of the Gemara and the times of the Shulchan Because in the times of, of Rav Yosef Karo, um, I don't believe that there were any there were any people keeping the laws of Tamatara. And the Aruch HaShulchan quotes that the Shos Yaakov is, is, is going to be Machmir. So we have Rebbe Kivayir giving two reasons, and that we have the Aruch HaShulchan explaining that nowadays no one keeps things B'tahara in Eretz Yisrael, so this din does not even apply at all. The second sugya that comes out from this Gemara on Chavim and Alf is the sugya of a coin going into a plane where there is a body under the plane. So this is a very lengthy sugya. There's a lot to talk about. I just wanted to give a few highlights just to appreciate um, the sugya in general. Um, I believe that certain airports, they if, if a coin wants to fly, certain airports are usually the ones that are flying bodies from American Eretz Israel. And so there, there are ways to avoid it, but would one have to avoid, I believe Newark flies bodies um, more. So would one have to avoid certain, if one is a coin, would they have to avoid um, being in a plane where there is a strong possibility or most of the time there were to be a body on the bottom of a plane. So again, it's a, it's a much larger. So I just wanted to give a few highlights. There's a very fascinating chuva from Rav Moshe. In Yorodea Chilipe is Kuf Samach where he says that this reason of Ohel Zarak, Lav Shmei Ohel, which is mentioned in the Gemara, where we say it's not considered Ohel, where over there we say it's considered, there's no Ohel in between that box and the ground, but that also means that the box itself is not considered um, to be an Ohel. So if it's not an Ohel, then maybe, even if you have a body on the bottom, that would not be considered a problem for someone to be in the same plane, because that's not because it's Ohel Zarak, which means that it's a moving Ohel, it's a floating Ohel, which... In times of the Gemara, someone has to be carrying it, but now the plane, that would be an Al-Zark. So he says maybe this, this should be a reason to be Mekel on um, this person who is not, he's, he's not considered to be in a, in, you know, in a Ohel, in a, in a covered space where there is a body under it. But then he says something very, very interesting. Even if you want to be Mekel because of the fact that the plane is Al-Zark, he says, he says as follows, and I'll quote him. V'gam below zeh ha-nichnas l'sham k'sha ha-haviron hu omeid Alakarka, the who Ohel Munach. He says, if you think about it, this only solves the problem once the plane's in the air. Yes, it's an Ohel Zarak, yes, it's a floating um, box, uh, so to speak, um, when it's in the air itself, but how about before takeoff? Before takeoff, that's considered a real Ohel. Yes, maybe, I mean, he doesn't suggest this, maybe people want to say that even though it's, it's on the floor right now, it's going to fly, but he says that he thinks that 
there would be a problem with the fact that the plane is on the floor right now before takeoff, and that would be a problem of oh hell, and that's why he would recommend to not go in a plane where there's a body on the bottom. This this chuba is also considered famous because he does mention, um, he does discuss a little bit about whether there is a whether the metal of the plane is not included in the seven sorry in the six metals that are mentioned. Um, mentioned by Chazal, so I mean, people quote this uh, also in terms of what we're not going to get into now, just interesting about whether, you know, the steel we have nowadays, was that was that part of the metals, we're not going to get into that happening now. Rav Shechter, in Be'ikve Yatzon, his Sefer Be'ikve Yatzon, Simen has a very interesting um, tshuva about, about um, the Tumah of Kohanim in general, and I think that it could apply here as well, and he does discuss uh, planes, I believe, a little bit there. Um, he says that he 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 bases this on the shuvah, I believe, from the Ave Nezer, and he bases it on the Ramah. We're not going to get into the whole background of Rav Shechter, but he says that it's possible to say that the reason why the the issue with the Kohen becoming Tameh is not necessarily about whether halachically you're becoming Tameh or halachically you're becoming Tar. Rather, he creates this concept. He he, he gets it from Achronim, um, but he, he has this concept called Hiskarvus Lames. There's an issue maybe of just coming close to a dead body. Regardless, meaning even if you want to say halachically, you're going to be tar, there might be a problem just of being his, close to a dead body. So I think based on this, um, we could say that even though you may be able to craft a case where you put the, where, you, where, where the body is in the, you know, is covered in plastic and you're able to find ways where it could possibly not be a problem to be on the plane, even though Ramosha did it wasn't okay with it, but if you want to be creative and create a way where it wouldn't be a problem for a Kohen to be on the plane, he says, I think if Shechner would say, it's still considered his scarpus lamis. You're still very close to a dead body. Um, but this interesting, uh, this, this idea of, of Shechner might end up helping us in terms of another situation. This is the case we're talking about of when the dead body's on the plane with you. But we're not going to get into the whole thing now, but let's say you're flying over cemeteries on the way to Eretz Israel. Let's say you know the way the plane flies, you're going to for sure fly over a cemetery. So is that Olazark Lav oil, right? So how would that affect things? Because, because yeah, if, if you want to say that maybe fly over a cemetery might be a problem, but based on Rav Schechter, if the whole issue is Hiskarvos Amis, if you're in the plane and the cemetery is down below, you know we're close to the dead bodies um, in the cemetery. So that would not necessarily be a problem. So this idea of Rav Shechter um, become very interesting about the, about the case of flying over cemeteries. Uh, I am not going to get into, for, in the, into the sugas any further, but there is for sure a lot of research to be done on this topic of a coming and going in a plane. So that is sugas number two. The third suga I want to discuss comes from the Gemara on Chafheir base, where the top of the, 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 the first line on the page, where the Gemara discusses a case where a um, where a chaver and am aretz get a yerusha. Again, a chaver is someone who's considered like more, you know, more of a uh, again chaver nowadays. Like in the, in the Yekish communities, chaver can mean you know someone who is a you know who does a lot of charity and really helps the community, and he gets the status of chaver in the Yekish community. But chaver back then meant you know a talmud chacham or someone who knows a lot. You know, someone who's a learned man. So you have a Chavar and Amaretz who are considered siblings, and they, and they get a Yerusha from their father. They get an inheritance from the father. And then the question is, they want to be able to split up the Yerusha among themselves. And, and, um, but the issue is that some of the Yerusha is, is Truma. 
And the issue is that if the Chaver were to make, were to split up the Yerusha after the transaction was already made, again, they both got their shares, but then the, the Chaver realizes that he doesn't really want to have Shuma, but the issue is he, he, he doesn't want to split it up in a way where he could cause the Amaretz, again, the Amaretz, we assume, doesn't know how to treat um, things that are Kadosh properly. So as he, the, the Gemara says that he would not be able to allow, make certain switches um, at certain points because that would be considered as if you're you're in, you are doing lifnei ever as Rashi quotes. You are you are um, you are causing the amar to be in a situation where he's going to do an avera because he's not going to treat this properly. But if it's if it's a certain type of transaction, you know, we're not going to get all the specifics of the gemara now. Before the transaction was made, and it was earlier, and it was certain types of areas where you designate for certain people, then that would not be a problem of lifnei ever. So Rashi's quoting over here. There would be a problem of lifting either, of, of you know causing the amarts to not to be in a situation where you are giving him more things that are holy, where he's not able to treat properly. Um, you know, since this past week's parsha, the parsha was kedoshim. This is really the source of lifting either. I thought I would just bring one interesting insight on lifting either, um, which also is lemaisa as well. So you know, the pasuk in kedoshim, yud has yud Quotes, um, you know, quotes the, the Israel and Chazal quote because it's quoted by Rashi that what does this mean? You shouldn't put a stumbling block before a blind person. This means you should not give someone bad advice um, if they're blind to something. I mean, if someone doesn't know something, something about a certain investment and you trick him, that would be considered as if you're putting a you're, you are stump, putting a stumbling block before someone who's blind in terms of this specific realm of advice. So this is not the literal interpretation of the Pasuk. This is more of like, you know, you know, not literally putting something down, but just giving the person bad advice, you'd be over this Israel. Fascinatingly, the Rambam, when they quote this, quote this Israel, they don't quote the simple terp- interpretation of the Pasuk. The simple interpretation of the Pasuk is that the Shuri and Israel in the Torah of putting a stumbling block before a blind person. Let's say, I, let's say someone has to Shalom does that. Would they be over an Israel or not? Um... So th- this is a very interesting question about why they wouldn't quote the simple interpretation. Doesn't shot, you know, the simple interpretation usually come before the drash about what it means um, on, a, on a different level. So I thought there's a fascinating kliyakar on the Pasuk. Again, this is in, this is last week's parsha in Kedoshim. On the Pasuk, Yud Tes He says, if you look at the Pasuk, it says, if you look at the Rashi's all throughout Kedoshim and other times in the Torah, every time Rashi points out, Rashi points us to the fact that every single time it says, what does that mean? is used that you should be fearful of your God, Ani Hashem. It's used whenever, anytime, anytime there's an Isser, where it's hard for people, human beings, to discern what you're doing is wrong. So the Torah says, you should, you should be very fear, fearful of God because Yes, that someone in the street may not be able to tell that you're doing something wrong. But you should be very careful because Hashem is able to discern whether you're doing something wrong or not. So, so says the Kliyakar. He says that if, if you're asking me why they don't, why the, 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 the people that count the mitzvahs, the Rambam and the Sefer in this case, don't count the simple interpretation of the Pasuk of actually putting a uh, stumbling back in front of a blind person, he says because the simple interpretation of the Pasuk 
is that it doesn't mean that literally. Because since the Pasuk uses the words, the erasement and the kacha, it must mean that it's not doing something which is outwardly able to be seen by other human beings. It must mean it's something that's only that God can discern. So that's why he says, since the Pasuk says, the simple interpretation of the Pasuk, it's not drash, it's simple, in the Pasuk, is that it means to give it bad advice. Because then, only God can tell really if you're being genuine or not. I thought that was a very interesting insight. Um, hopefully this will not be Lamaisa for anyone. But this, you know, is an interesting, interesting discussion about how to relate to Pshat and Drash. Just to summarize what we covered today in Dafa Shavua. Um, the first thing that we did was why is a Kohen able to go out of Eretz Israel? We had three different reasons. Two by Rekiv Eger, one by the Rosh Hashanah. Two by Rekiv Eger was that maybe for, for, for making a Parnassah, one would be able to go out of Eretz Israel, even if one's a Kohen. Number two is that there are no Tamei that we're all Tamei Mason nowadays, so that's why we're more Mekel. And the Rosh Hashanah says nowadays we don't have to keep Eretz Israel with Tahara. So that would not be an issue for a Kohen to leave Eretz Israel. The second Sugil was having the, a Kohen go onto a plane where there is a mace below, on the plane, Ramosha said that even though you want to say, oh, Zara, Kalash, oh, which is brought up in our Gemara and Chaf, on an Aleph, he says, what about the fact that the plane's on the floor before it takes off? It would not be even be considered, oh, Zara. Reflector pointed out that there's a problem with his mace, being close to a mace. And that would be a problem, even if you want to get around the issue in other ways, there might be, it might be a problem of going on this plane anyway, but that would be more make in terms of going over cemeteries because you're nowhere close um, to the dead body. The third sigil was Lithan Iver, where we saw that, you know, Lithan Iver is in this Gemara in terms of um, Ama Arts and the Chaver cannot split up things after a certain point or in certain ways because then you're causing Ama Arts to treat something not properly, and that's really, you know, tricking him into doing an Avera. And we said, why isn't the Pashup Shot quote included? Because we said that even the Pashup Shot is very similar to Kacha. It is the fact that it means to give bad advice, but not just to actually literally put a stallion block in front of a blind person. Everyone should have a great day.